0: Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. It is winter.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. Look outside, folks.
0: Yeah, I've been waiting to say that. Not just because it's after uh, December, what was the first day of winter, December
1: 21st? Something like that. We're
0: we're into January now, folks. (laughs) Happy, happy, happy new year. Happy 2017. But I'm I'm making my my announcement that it is officially winter because it sure feels like it outside. Mm -hmm. You know? Here we are in the south, and we got a snowstorm on the way. (laughs) Now... Some of us define snowstorms in different ways. When I lived in Alaska years ago, my father was a military officer, so we were stationed. Uh. Mm-hmm, we were stationed in Fairbanks, Alaska. Now, how they describe a storm is, is very different than how we Southerners would. <laughs> Once you exceed about two feet of snow, then you start to have some issues <laughs> down here. When we exceed two inches, we have major.
1: Well, but that's the thing. Anyone who has grown up either as a mm. southern woman or a man who loves one, yeah. chance being you know that down here in the south mm-hmm. underneath that white fluffy stuff is a nice hard layer of ice. Exactly. That's why we have issues. Yeah. You,
0: and you don't have to you don't have to tell us that twice. <laughs> you know, once, once you've had it, if you've lived through any of these snow, you know, issues or the snow apocalypses yes. that we've had here in the South, folks, you have every reason to be concerned mm-hmm. and every reason to want to be nice and safe. Right.
1: Absolutely. Now, I
0: had no trouble driving into the studio today. Right. Nice, clear roads. I zoomed right on down. Right. Yeah. In fact, I have to tell you, Nate, this was hilarious. I was driving in the fast lane listening to Life in the Fast Lane by the Eagles. There
1: you go. How appropriate just, yeah, is I that? I was
0: enjoying the song, and then I realized, hey, that's kind of cool. I'm actually in the Fast Lane <laughs> listening to the song. <laughs> but no, I do. One of my memories of living in Alaska, though, was our dog. And when he would go out in the snow uh, for his, you know, how do you Business. say that politely? Yes, his little potty breaks, mm-hmm. right? It was so funny because the snow was so cold. The dogs don't want to stand in one spot for very long. Yes, it freezes their feet, right? So typically, when they're out in the snow, they're moving around, right? They're going walking around. This dog was a German Short Hair Pointer. Short hair being the operative word. Ooh. Nothing with short hair should really be in Alaska, uh-uh. <laughs> not in stay warm. But uh, he would go outside, and he would. Um, let's just say when he would lift his leg he the other three legs you have to stand kind of still and he wouldn't want to stand on the other three legs for very long so he'd lift the right leg then he'd real quick switch and <laughs> lift the left leg and then he'd lift the right one and then he'd lift the left one and then we'd go back and forth for you know at least 30 seconds and it was it was hilarious. That sounds fun. Anyway so Dixie is uh, bracing for the cold weather my Australian Shepherd. I have warned her that it will be cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a nice thick coat though so yes. I think she'll be fine and folks you think of your pets, though, just as I think of my dog Dixie, and I'm sure all of my wonderful listeners love their pets. Many mm-hmm. of them have dogs, cats, animals, you know, whatever. Right? Let them
1: inside. Bring
0: them in. Yeah. Bring them in. It's just uh, it makes me sad to think of some of the animals that maybe people are not. Uh, being attentive enough and, and yeah. are leaving them outside don't in this this rough weather, but guys, you know we do have a little winter snowpocalypse. Although mm. maybe I ought to be careful with the use of that word.
1: Hey, be careful, Jenny. Yeah, I
0: don't want to mm. I don't want to cause any undue uh, worry. Uh, but do it it's always good to be prepared as and southerners are as a rule. I find. Very prepared people. Yes. Right, we are. Now, winter storms can range, guys. They can range from a moderate snow over a few hours to a blizzard, right, Mm -hmm. with blinding, wind-driven snow that lasts for several days. Some winter storms are large enough to affect several states, while others may only affect certain areas of your state. Now, many winter storms are accompanied by dangerously low temperatures and sometimes by strong winds sleet, ice, icing, you know, and Mm -hmm. and some freezing rain, which is what we are going to be experiencing here in the South this weekend. Now, regardless of the severity of the winter storm, you really should be prepared uh, in order to remain safe during these events, Mm -hmm. okay? Let's think rationally. Let's not give the Yankees a reason to make fun of us. (laughs) 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 And that starts by knowing the difference. Now, there are different types of winter advisories, okay? The winter storm outlook OK, that's number one. Winter storm outlook. That's a win- when um, winter storm conditions are possible mm. in the next two to five days. Yep. So that's when you're kind of looking out ahead of time, right? You're looking out. That's called a winter storm outlook. Now, a winter weather advisory, that's different. That's when winter weather conditions are expected to cause significant inconveniences and may be hazardous. So when caution is used, um, these situations should not be life Threatening. Correct. Okay. That so, what win-
1: happens here with he- when we have a lot of wind and it's cold? Exactly. That's generally when they give us those here in
0: those. Georgia. Yeah, winter weather advisory, mm-hmm. or as I like to call it, the "Don't Do Anything Stupid" advisory.
1: <laughs> we, we should have one of those 365 <laughs> days a year. Personally,
0: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> there are some people that just doesn't matter how many times you tell them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they need that Stay reminder. home. <laughs>
0: what? I need to put a coat on? Really? Yeah. Okay. It's how about a, yeah. <laughs> now a winter storm watch a winter storm watch is when winter storm conditions are possible within the next two to four days people <laughs> in a watch area should review their winter storm plans and stay informed about weather conditions always a good idea mm-hmm. now the fourth and most serious guys is the winter storm warning okay that's what we have i think that's what we've got right now. life-threatening severe winter conditions have begun or will begin within 24 hours people in a warning area should take precautions mm. Typically one of the best ones is just a dog on it. Stay home. Stay home. Stay home.
1: Absolutely. Now you
0: would think that was obvious.
1: Well, you know, unfortunately mm. the obvious ain't obvious sometimes.
0: <laughs> Not to some folks. Some people. Not to some <laughs> folks. But guys, I know that our listeners would never be so uh, you know
1: ignoramus, no. right? <laughs> your word,
0: your <laughs> word not mine. <laughs> I am not going to call anyone listening to us that, but, but I will say I have complete faith in our listeners to use our, you know, to use their better judgment to protect your families and your pets. Absolutely. Right? Another good idea guys is to kind of keep your vehicle winterized. A good way to do this in the cold weather, even if you're not driving, it is to um, have a full tank of gas. Now, a full tank will keep the fuel line from freezing. Yep. So even though I'm not encouraging you to be to, to be out and be wandering around in your car, I, it is a good idea to go ahead and fill up that gas tank mm-hmm. before you park it in your driveway. Absolutely. Right? Um. Also, remember, maintaining your heating equipment and your chimneys, that's important by having them cleaned and inspected every year. Okay? And also, how about this? If you're going to be away during cold weather... Leave the heat uh, on in your home and set it to a temperature no longer, no lower than about 55 degrees. Yes. Okay. Because even with the cold outside, it's going to, it's going to get.
1: It'll get in your house. And you also have to remember, you don't want your pipes to bust, especially if something like that happens. So you need to leave the heat on in the house to help prevent
0: that. It's absolutely important. And now also guys, you want to remember maybe to have a supply kit around. Okay. So I would suggest uh, definitely water uh, for at least a three day supply. They Mm -hmm. typically say one gallon per person per day is appropriate. Um, for your for your household and food, at least a three day supply of non perishable, easy to prepare food. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that does not mean we have to panic
1: no. and start
0: knocking people out of the way at the grocery store. <laughs> how many, how much bread and milk are you really going to eat? Yeah. Okay, so exactly. no more three days is three days is sufficient, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now remember this: if there should be power outages, and and I uh, I did this the last time we had some issues with power and it went out and it was freezing cold. Even though your uh, your refrigerator goes out, right, your power yeah. goes out, you can still put your food in a cooler and pop it out on the back porch.
1: Exactly. Because
0: well, it's going to be freezing out there. It's oh, going to stay yeah. nice and cold. So that's another good thing to remember. Keep a flashlight handy. How about a battery-powered or a hand-crank weather radio? Yes. Those are awesome.
1: Absolutely. Aren't those great? One. Then
0: you're not dependent upon uh, uh, you know, the electricity to keep you uh, keep you connected. Your, Always make sure you've got extra batteries around.
1: Your cell phone that now can't charge. because No. Yep, exactly. Now, I'm
0: going to give a suggestion with a cell phone. Hmm. Let's say you've got a family of four in your household, yeah. and let's say all four of you have cell phones, okay? Mm-hmm. When the power goes out and you're disconnected basically, right, from the rest yeah. of the world. Um, you know, don't run the power down on all four of those cell phones. No. Maybe turn three of them off yes. and keep keep you know keep them. make sure they're all powered up before the storm, mm-hmm. right? Then you power down three of them and just go through those phones one by one. That way you always have one that's available. When you're not yeah. using it, power it
1: off. And that's funny you say that. That's something mm. that they actually include in a lot of these national emergency preparedness classes really? is anyone who has a cell phone or other electronic device, yeah. take them and only leave one on at a time. Excellent. so look at you I just You're thought ahead
0: of the game I really was thinking I thought of that all by myself I guess I guess not you know what I love though um you know you if you, those of you that have fireplaces I wish I had I want one so badly have you seen a cracker barrel they have like the the iron kettles yes. and they're on a little swing arm yeah and they can cook in them and they, they turn the swing those arm and it awesome. goes over the fire pit oh I absolutely absolutely those love that great. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. And then also, guys, how about this? Um, Keep your garage doors closed. Now, I would Mm -hmm. think this would be kind of obvious, but (laughs) especially a lot of folks have water supply lines running through the garage, so that'll kind of help keep them a little bit warm. And how about this one, Nick? I think you'll like this. I I don't know if you Mm. knew it. Open your kitchen and bathroom cabinet doors to allow the warmer air to circulate around the plumbing, okay? That might help your pipes not to freeze.
1: Yeah, because once they freeze and they bust, then Mm. when it unfreezes... You got a mess.
0: Oh, yeah. And folks, a good Southern sister is a prepared Southern sister. And I bet you guys are. It's going to be cold. Stay warm. We'll be right back.
1: I really can't stay, but baby it's cold outside, I've got to go away, but baby it's cold outside, this evening has been, been hoping that you so drop in, very nice, I'll hold your hand. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Program, the
0: show for Southern women and the men who adore Mm -hmm. them. And baby, it's cold outside. Yes, it is. Mm. I got my boots on today and I got my furry boot socks and I got about 10 layers on. You can
1: actually wear the warm, warm stuff now. And you can eat the warm warm stuff you It's can. so appropriate. It is there.
0: so perfect for this time of year and I don't know what it is about when it gets cold outside like this we feel the need to nourish ourselves even more. Mm. AKA eat too much.
1: Hibernation <laughs> style. That's
0: all right. It's okay. It's and okay. I do believe we can trace that back to some sort of survivalist thing, you know, with the human race. Cuz to survive the cold weather we need to have a little layer of fat on us, right? Yeah, you got to
1: have a little bit of extra going on. Got to
0: have a little bit of insulation you know. going on. And I can help you with that today. <laughs> this is this is my way of rationalizing the fact that I'm gonna yeah, rationalized go it to me now my, my trip to the grocery store will be milk bread and nutella <laughs> <laughs> i could live on that stuff oh, but know. guys even better than that it is soup weather mm. okay you guys have to agree with me i know my listeners love soup because we've talked about it before and i've gotten some great emails mm-hmm. and some great recipe ideas there from some of my listeners in the past nice. and we are going to showcase three of my favorite soups today whip mm. these up for your family It'll make you very popular with them, (laughs) I'm telling you now. And it'll warm you up inside and out and make your house smell amazing. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Soup weather. Here we go. My favorite. My favorite tomato basil soup, which is a Mm. very popular soup. There are a number of different recipes out there for tomato soup or creamy tomato soup. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a fabulous one. Um, I'm probably going to make this one tonight. I've got everything I need in the house for it. There you Uh go. Guys, when you find canned tomatoes on sale, stock up. And oh, they yeah. are the base for so many wonderful things, from Absolutely. tomato sauce to pita- uh, to pizza sauce. Mm-hmm. To um, I, I put them in meatloaf sometimes, and perfectly wonderful. It's a
1: versatile fruit.
0: It is. It is now. Right? I'm, now I am impressed with you, it Nick. Is a fruit, it right? is. Is it is indeed. Yeah. People don't think of it that way, but it. It's
1: it's a, a- It's a vegetable. It's in the fruit category. It's a fruit, whatever. Mm. (laughs) Tomato basil soup,
0: it is yummy. And it's yummy, super yummy in my tomato basil soup. So here we go, guys. This is my favorite, a creamy tomato basil soup. You're going to start by dicing up one medium onion. You know, most good soups start with a good diced onion. And in a Dutch oven, what you want to do is melt about six tablespoons of butter. And you're going to add that chopped onion and cook it good over medium to medium-high heat until it's nice and soft. It starts to smell so wonderful, right? You're going to add two 14-and-a-half-ounce cans of diced tomatoes. Now, if you want to have a little fun with that, you can get the uh, the fire-roasted tomatoes mm-hmm. or just the regular diced ones, whatever suits your fancy. Okay, you can play around with that a little bit. Stir that, and then you're going to add one 46-ounce bottle of uh, ca- of uh, tomato juice, just regular Tomato juice. You don't need to get it spicy unless you want it. If you get it spicy, it's going to be a little too much, I think, in this yeah. soup, guys. Keep, stick to the regular tomato tomato juice. And next, you're going to add four tablespoons of sugar. Now, you may be saying to yourself... Why sugar? Is that what you're saying there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that is going to help cut the acidity of the tomatoes. Uh-huh. It's not going to make it necessarily sweet. It's going to take the edge off the acidity oh. and make it amazing. Didn't think about Yeah, that. trust me on this one. You got it? Okay, <laughs> then what you're going to do is you are going to add Um, one or no two? I would suggest two. One to two. I tend towards two tablespoons of chicken base. Now you can use bouillon, or I there's a product I love that I get at the grocery store called Better Than Bouillon. Yes, and it's like a smooth paste. It's intensely flavored. It is utterly amazing. Mm -hmm. I use the beef. I use the chicken. Last night I steamed some, um, or I kind of simmered uh, some English peas and some baby carrots, Mm -hmm. and I used the vegetable base in there, Mm -hmm. and it was. Out of this world. So for this recipe, though, the chicken is best. Two tablespoons. Add a little black pepper, right? Now you're going to bring it almost to a boil, right? And then you're going to turn off the heat, all right? You want to add about a half a cup of sherry. Now this is going to impart mm. the most amazing flavor. You can go up to a cup on this, right? Or you can put a half a cup in the soup and a half a cup in your glass. I
1: was say you mean a cup. Before the soup, right? you, know, you know how I like to cook, Nick. <laughs>
0: Stir in then a one and a half cups of heavy cream. Here comes the creaminess, right? And then we finish it off with a fourth of a cup of chopped fresh basil. Okay? Mm. Now, if you don't have the fresh, you know, I, I certainly don't have it in my garden right now. You can get it at the store. You can use dried in a pinch. It's still delicious. Mm-hmm. Stir that in. Mm. Hello.
1: It Yum, is just simmered.
0: The house smells great. Ladle that into some nice big soup bowls. Sometimes I'll even do a little dollop of sour cream on there, yes. and then maybe sprinkle a little more fresh basil on top. Ooh, okay, that and then so good. I would take like a thick, thick slice of crusty French bread and dip that in it.
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm sold.
0: Soup weather. How about chicken and barley soup? Now this is Ooh. probably my second favorite soup of the winter time. It is so hearty and just almost therapeutic you have a cold, you want to eat this soup. Okay? Better
1: than the chicken noodle?
0: I, well, it's the same principle. It's, yeah. it's the same principle. It just warms you from the inside out. Mm. It's got that sort of that wonderful comfort, comforting chicken oh, broth yeah. flavor. What you're going to do with this, guys, is you're going to heat about one tablespoon of oil in a large Dutch oven over medium-high heat. You got it? And then you're going to add two sliced carrots and two sliced uh, celery stalks. Chop those up. Uh, kind of thin too, and drop those in there and saute those, right? And then one medium chopped onion. Once mm-hmm. again, so now you've got your carrots, your celery, and your onion sauteing in the oil. A half a teaspoon of salt and a fourth of a teaspoon of pepper. Now, what's going to make this so s- amazingly easy is I use a rotisserie chicken. Okay, so just debone and chop up uh, a rotisserie chicken. You got white meat, dark meat, you got all of that going on. You got it? Mm-hmm. Now, what you're going to do with these vegetables that are simmering or sautéing in the oil is you're going to cook and stir them occasionally. They're going to get a little tender. It's going to take you about four to six minutes, right? Then you're going to add 10 cups of chicken broth, all right? One cup of barley, all right? So this is our chicken and barley mm-hmm. soup. And then all of that wonderful chopped chicken. Bring that, put that right into the liquid, stir it all together, bring it to a boil. Then you're going to reduce the heat, cover it, and simmer it, all right? Probably about 30 to 40 minutes and that barley will be nice and tender. Mm.
1: Mm, 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 that mm. sounds You delicious.
0: can have this any time of the year. You got a, got, a, got a little one in your family that's got a little cold feeling a little under the weather. <laughs> that little one in my house might be my husband when <laughs> he's not feeling well. He's a big fan of this soup. Now, now, don't make fun of us. <laughs> no. We get our man colds. Just, no, it just brings out the nurturing side of me. I want to take care of him when he's that's not right, feeling ladies. well. It's
1: man cold season, so get this one it, and remember it, it and prepare.
0: <laughs> right. Absolutely. Do that. So, label it into some big... Uh, Soup bowls. Maybe sprinkle it with a little uh, flat leaf parsley over the top just to kind of brighten it up. Hello. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Float some crackers in there. I'm feeling
1: warmer inside just Mm -mm. hearing about it.
0: Now I say we kick it up just a little bit. Let's make, let's, let's make it hot and spicy. Ooh, okay, we've really been, warm We've up, been huh? nice and wholesome with our chicken and barley <laughs> soup. Now we're getting a little... We're taking a walk on the wild side <laughs> with our spicy corn chowder, guys. This is awesome. Now remember, mm. you can control the heat on a recipe like this. Yes, you can. Nick and I were discussing that earlier. <laughs> I like it hot and spicy. He likes it less, so...
1: A little bit more on the the very mild side.
0: Okay, you don't no. mind a little kick, but just nothing, no. nothing overpowering.
1: I don't want my eyes to water. Mm.
0: Well, you're, <laughs> Okay, you can control that with my spicy corn chowder. What you want to do here is in a small saucepan over medium heat, you're going to sauté four slices of thick sliced bacon until crisp and brown. Mm-mm. Okay, so we are off to a good start <laughs> with this recipe. You're going to transfer the bacon to a paper towel, let it drain. Then what you want to be left with in your, in your saucepan is about four tablespoons of the bacon grease mm-hmm. left in the pan, okay? To that, you're going to add one medium chopped onion, right? And one medium chopped red pepper to the pan saute that until nice and tender about four minutes five minutes right season it with a little salt and pepper to taste now here comes the jalapeno you're going to need one small jalapeno chopped and the seeds and the ribs removed now that's like the membranes on the inside Mm -hmm. of the jalapeno that's where all the heat is guys so if you take out the membranes and the seeds and chop it up it's not going to not going to be quite as hot if you like the hot well throw it all in in there Okay. You're crazy. Then you all, <laughs> and then we're gonna add. So we've added the jalapeno, right? Now we're gonna add three cloves of chopped garlic, and we're gonna saute all that together for about one minute. Then you're gonna stir in one fourth of a cup of flour. All right, until it's thoroughly combined. You want to cook that flour. That's gonna be your thickener. It's gonna help the whole thing to mm-hmm. kind of thicken up nicely. Um, cook it until it's uh, basically it kind of loses that. Flour taste. Okay, okay? it's yeah. gonna gonna brown up just a little bit. Not dark, but just want to blonde it up. Okay. Rather than okay, rather no, than darken it, blonde it up just a little no, bit. What you right? Mean, yeah. That doesn't mean make it ditzy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> I love my blonde Southern sisters. That was just a joke. Don't send me a nasty email. <laughs> okay, so now you are going to uh, cook this for about a minute. Then you're going to stir in four cups of chicken stock or chicken broth, right? And two um, uh, diced potatoes. I like the little light red potatoes. not the real, They don't have to be real big. Just dice them up yeah. and simmer it for 10 minutes. The potatoes will start to become soft. All right. Then you're going to add one cup of heavy whipping cream. Hello. Mm-hmm. You're gonna add. You're gonna add one 16 ounce package of frozen corn. About a fourth of a teaspoon of cayenne, or a little more if you like it hot, <laughs> and one bay leaf. Simmer it all together, guys, on the stove in your in your pot for 15 minutes. Then you're gonna pour it into a serving bowl and garnish it with the. Uh, reserved bacon
1: Mm -mm. hello yes Mm -mm -mm.
0: you know i think a little chopped cilantro might be nice on top of that also
1: there you go that sounds good it's
0: not officially in the recipe but just uh you know
1: Put it in there for some I fun. I think I'm
0: allowed to just kind of throw a little something-something yeah, in there. Not? Some not? of my best recipes have come about just of things I just thought of at the last minute. There you go. You can do the same, folks. So whip up some of these warm soups today. That's going to keep you warm inside and
1: out. And we'll be right back. Oh, baby, don't hold out, Ah, oh, but it's cold outside.
0: And welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. I do love that song. Mm, mm, so peaceful. So it's peaceful. And, and we're talking about women today, you know, not necessarily steel magnolias, but if you live in the South, right, and you've sort of adapted yourself to the Southern climate, the Southern, that's a Southern atmosphere, the yes. Southern sort of way of life, then you qualify as a steel magnolia as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. You do not have to have been born here.
1: And you better have watched the movie.
0: Have you seen the movie? <laughs> yes,
1: I have. You have. <laughs> My mom loves it. I All had, right. yeah.
0: I love it, too. It just made me kind of think of this. We were doing a segment last week, guys, on 50 things that every woman should have by the time she's 50 years old. Or in my case, by the time I'm 52. I needed to give myself a little (laughs) more time. (laughs) You know, speaking of steel magnolias, for those of you that may know, I got married last year on New Year's Day, 2016. And my groom's cake, or I should say my husband's groom's cake, was a bleeding armadillo. (laughs) Groom cake. What? Oh, yes, it was. I really should post a picture. You know, I'm going to post a picture of that on the website so folks can go see it. It was awesome. Well, if you've seen the movie, you understand that Shelby's husband's groom's cake was a bleeding armadillo groom's cake. Yes, indeed. That's right. That's a great scene. That's a great scene in the movie, but it has a red velvet uh, cake on the inside, gray icing, and it was in the shape of an armadillo. Very awesome. authentic, I will say. My baker <laughs> did the scales and everything, and awesome. uh, and we sort of reenacted at the reception, sort of reenacted the scene mm. uh, that was originally between Shelby's mom and um, Shirley MacLaine, Weezer. They, mm. they have a funny little interaction, shall we say, between the two of them that may or may not include some slightly inappropriate language, so I will not repeat it on the air, but it is a pricelessly funny scene, there and my go. husband and my best friend sort of reenacted that scene. Nice. It was worth it. It was so worth it. But guys, we talked last week about the 50 things that women should have by 50, and there were just so many great things on the list, we decided to kind of do part two this week. Yeah. Right? Kind of reflect on some of these thoughts. Some of these you may have done, some of these you may have, uh, or you may not yet, and you may not even agree with all
1: of and them. And that's okay.
0: I found one or two that I was like, Eh.
1: It's all right. You know, to each their own. I
0: agree. But by the time you're fifty, I like this one, especially with the cold weather. You should have an outfit that feels like you are in a cocoon and safe from the world. It's usually fleece or flannel. AKA, in my opinion. A
1: snuggie. <laughs> do you do you Not know what name I'm talking brand about? One, but your own kind of. You a can snuggie, have your right? own. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now my daughter has one of these. It's pink, and she'll she kind of cuddle up in it, and you can't even see any part of her.
1: <laughs> right? She's
0: completely covered with this thing. And I almost I saw one on I saw one online before Christmas. I have a my son in is a huge Star Wars fan. Mm. They had a stormtrooper snuggie. Oh yeah, so you could like you know you could kind of cover up in this thing and nice. look like a stormtrooper. It was a little weird. It was that's that's nice as a nice thing to say. It's <laughs> a little odd. Now, how about this, guys? By the time you're fifty, you should have the ability to let go of the hurts from your childhood and embrace the fact that your parents did the best they could with the skills that they had.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, very few of us had perfect parents, right? And if you are a parent yourself now, you understand that perfection is usually somewhat unattainable
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: now you might be practically perfect like mary poppins was but chances are you aren't 100 percent perfect and so i think uh any of those little grudges we may have that we're hanging on to for maybe things that our parents did or did not do perfectly right it's time to let go of that it is by the time you're 50 Mm -hmm. right you'll be a better person for it how about this by the time you're 50 you should have at least one secret that makes you smile
1: (laughs) No. That one. No, it can't
0: be anything too bad and it can't be anything too weird. <laughs> Cuz if you're smiling about that that's not that ain't right. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. It's a fun secret. Yes. Am I making you blush? Uh, okay. I, just, Nick I is think blushing. I've got one too. <laughs> oh well. If we do we don't admit to that. I'm exactly. talking about just that fun little secret maybe that when you think about it. You don't necessarily want to share it with anybody but it brings a little smile yep. to your face, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. How about this? A journal full of your deepest thoughts. Okay. Now, some people are journalers and some people are not. Mm-hmm. You know, I have one daughter who journals religiously. She's a, and that's very therapeutic for her. And it's, um, it's just a real important habit. Yeah. She's in the habit of journaling. Yeah. And that really kind of is what it comes down to. If you mm-hmm. don't do it on a regular basis, chances are you're not going to do it. Yeah. More than likely not going to do it all. Uh, but I do. I, I like to journal. I do. How about this? By the time you're 50, ladies, you should have a person in your life that you can call at four in the morning because you're in a bind or just mm-hmm. need to talk, mm-hmm. you know, that person that if you call them at that hour of the night, they're not going to say, you know, why are you calling are me at you this hour? What calling
1: me this hour? What do you think you're of those, doing? Hey, what's wrong?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And typically that is the, res- that kind of friendship, right? That kind of relationship is the result of many years of, you know, cultivation mm-hmm. and nurturing. Being right?
1: through some stuff together. for Exactly. Sure.
0: And you know that you can call them in the yeah. middle of the night and it's not going to be a problem. How about this? No, uh, The knowledge of what you are willing to accept and what you are not willing to accept in a relationship. Mm, okay. Absolutely. Now call it the snarkiness of old age, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to the point and I, and, and Nick, you're so uh, sweet and kind and wonderful But you, I don't know how, how less willing you are to accept certain things, but I know that at my age, um, there's are just certain things I just don't put up with anymore.
1: Yeah. I would say I, I definitely have some of those of my own mm-hmm. I just, you know. That's a no, no.
0: Right. You know, right. uh, And you
1: have to make those things clear. That's also important.
0: Up front. Yeah, we don't do this. Now, I will say that for a lot of women, and it's it's something that I do think that Southern women maybe grapple with a little bit uh, because of just the way many Southern women and myself included are raised um, to be sort of the peacemakers to kind of make it all work. You know what I'm saying? To be kind and sweet. We were raised to be kind and sweet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes as we get older, um, that inclination to do so can get in the way of our own well-being.
1: Absolutely. You know what
0: I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I do think it's important to understand what it is you are not willing to accept, right? Um, How about this? Guys, you should have something that you do that's just for you and no one else.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay? Could be standing in the pantry at 2 a.m. eating Nutella out of the jar.
1: You know, it, once again it, it, you sound like you have some experience I with that I, I have
0: no idea. That just I just pulled that out of the air. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I maybe, yes, maybe but I've done it, maybe means, I haven't. Even if that means ladies going and getting your nails done or whatever, <laughs> exactly. or, go, or, or if you just have a little vacation spot you can run away to for a day, but you got to have something, you got to like have that, that little Absolutely. thing that you do
0: for you and don't apologize for it, right? No. How about that? By the time you're 50, how about a piece of jewelry that has sentimental meaning to you, mm-hmm. you know? And chances are it may be that at this point in our lives, guys, we may have had um, relatives that have gone on before us that have passed things down to us, and those those pieces become especially meaningful yes. now also by the time you're 50 at least i think maybe even sooner um, an older woman in your life who embodies the traits that you want to develop in your old age
1: you gotta have that person you look up to in the sense of uh, like you said mimicking exactly yeah. you know
0: and i think ladies that's one of the greatest things that southern women can do for other southern women is to sort of model that that behavior mm-hmm. sort of model the kind of woman that you want to be even if you're not there yet you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying oh, yeah. in terms of good qualities you almost have and people don't like this phrase i do fake it till you make it yeah. right let's say you're grappling with issues of your temper just just fake fake being taller <laughs> oh nick is that you
1: <laughs> you're not supposed to mention that, <laughs> so
0: just i put my it. hand up so that the people <laughs>
1: listening didn't know but yes right that is one of those things you're you absolutely know, right
0: mimic it just pretend that you're patient and you might be surprised right
1: and it starts to grow on yeah. you and you realize that You're changing your dress. The sincerity sincerity
0: may follow it. It may become authentic, right? Not just something that you're trying to do. How about this? Someone or something, by the time you're 50, ladies, someone or something in your life that you love with your whole heart. Okay? I think we both have got Mm -hmm. that, Nick, right? These apply to men, too. You know that, right? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Except for the pink Snuggie. I don't want to see you in a pink Snuggie. (laughs) not right <laughs> now by the time you're 50 guys you will more than likely have a to-do list and it's okay to have a to-do list that may not ever be completely checked off yes. right be bold put things sometimes i will put things on that to-do list that i just i want to do i don't know if it's actually feasible that i'm going to get around to doing it but by putting it on that list i see it every day you know what like, i'm saying to space like going like going that, to space. That was probably not on
1: yeah, It's on my list, no. but I'm just saying.
0: Well, you know, that's not a bad one. It's it's dream big, exactly. right? Dream big. <laughs> oh, another thing by the time you're 50, enough money to run away in case you have to. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> now, don't take this the wrong way, ladies. I am not encouraging. Any sort of running away, uh, it, what what this really refers to is um, having a little something set aside for yourself. Yes, you know, you know what I'm saying. Most of us may never find ourselves in a situation where we need to run away, mm-hmm. um, but I always say it's better to be prepared.
1: Or maybe not run away, but if you need to get away, okay, you can. The it massage be a fund. Win. Yeah, there you go. The, the massage, massage fund. fund. Mm-hmm. The pedicure fund.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Keep it in a mason jar under the bed if you have to. Okay, because <laughs> you may need it one day.
1: <laughs>
0: guys, by the time you're 50, it'd be a good idea to have a purpose to rise out of bed every morning.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: in Nick's case, he rises out of bed because he knows he's going to come to the studio and get to hang out with me.
1: Exactly. Right. Duh. And same yeah. for you, Nick. That's why
0: I come in here. <laughs> Couldn't be better.
1: <laughs> you're so sweet.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that. By the time you're 50, guys, this is important. The ability to look in a mirror and love the ripples and bumps and wrinkles that stare back at you because you've earned every one of them mm-hmm. over time. Don't be ashamed.
1: Especially if you're a mama or have, yeah. This mm-hmm. is true,
0: right? Yeah. All right. Now, this does not mean that all of us should be running around in midriff shirts. Mm, no. Let's not misinterpret my meaning here. have talked about that here. before. <laughs> we've, we've covered that. That's a different segment, isn't it? <laughs> How about this one? By the time you're 50, do you have a hobby that you can get lost in for hours? Yeah, you know, for some of you, it may be reading. Get one. Yeah.
1: So worth it.
0: For me, it's working on this show, Nick, right? Oh, thank <laughs> you. Oh, ladies, we're so happy that you've tuned in today and the men who adore you that are listening also. We'll be right back with our Southern Narrative.
1: Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Now, with your Southern Narrative, sharing stories from around the South. Here is your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart.
0: Room for Another by Maxine Roberts. When I awoke that morning in late June, I still couldn't believe what my husband, Mark, had suggested the night before. Take in Jason, a 12 year old from his Little League baseball team, as a foster son? I knew Mark was a dedicated coach, but this was beyond dedication. I was already juggling life with four children ages three months to 13 and all their activities. I had just finished my teaching year, and our summer was already filling up with camps, lessons, and lots of baseball. Mark had coached our son's team to a perfect 14-0 season. Now he was priming the team for the Tournament of Champions. The players were at our home all day long, either practicing or trading cards, especially Jason, who lived on the block behind our house. In fact, Jason often acted as our summer wake-up call, as he was doing that June morning. Is coach here? He asked as I peered out the door fastening my robe. I stared at him. Approaching 13, Jason looked me eye to eye even though he was standing a step down. His thick blonde hair stuck out from under his backward baseball cap. He was the ecumenical dresser. Giants cap, A's shirt, Dodgers shorts. This was typical Jason, the people pleaser. He fidgeted with his glove. I wondered if Coach would want to throw me some grounders. It wasn't the first time a boy had come to our door asking for my husband. Mark often hit flies or grounders or shot hoops with a bunch of them, boys with absent or uninterested dads. I stifled a yawn. Jason, it's 7 a.m. It's Saturday. We're just getting up. He shuffled and mumbled something, but I caught his expression the moment before he turned. In spite of his wanting-to-appear-cool stance, his face echoed pain, and I knew why. His parents were separated and his dad lived only an hour away but never called, never wrote, never visited. Jason was a troublemaker at school and had learning disabilities. Nonetheless, he was a gifted athlete, but he often missed practice and on some days, even when his body was present, his mind didn't seem to be in the game at all. The night before, his mom had called Mark to say that Jason might not be able to fulfill his commitment to the team. She had pleaded guilty to a welfare fraud charge and was going to prison for an evaluation that could take as long as 90 days. She could then be sentenced for up to three years. She said she wanted to place Jason in a good home before county authorities took him away. I closed the door. Lord, I don't think I can handle another child. We don't have room in this house. And I guess I just don't have room in my heart for someone else's child. As I closed the door, I heard our three-month-old's first stirrings. It wasn't that I didn't like kids. In fact, my life was surrounded by them as a mom, elementary school teacher, and junior church leader. But late night feedings had drained me physically, and I needed my summer recharge. My mind was made up as I nursed the baby. We had only a three-bedroom house. The baby's crib was squished into a corner of my small office. This baby had been a later-in-life surprise that was wonderful, but a fifth child in our home? No way. An hour later, Mark and I sat quietly at the tile-topped kitchen counter for breakfast. The kids were sleeping still, and the baby was napping. My husband pushed scrambled eggs around on his plate. I crumbled my toast. "'There's something I've never told you,' he said. "'When I was about Jason's age, my dad got into trouble, and I was put into a foster home.' I hadn't known. He paused, swallowing. His father had been falsely accused of a crime, and the authorities broke up the family." They just came and picked us all up, Mark continued. The girls were put with families. We boys were put in a children's home. Only for two weeks, but it was the worst two weeks of my life until Dad was cleared and we all got to be home again together. Why on earth did you never tell me about this, I asked. There are some things you just don't want to remember, he said, much less talk about it. I felt humiliated that people said such terrible things about my father. But worse was the fear that I'd never see my mom and dad again. He stopped fiddling with his fork and looked up at me. His eyes were brimming with tears, and suddenly I could see him as a young boy, crew-cut hair, skinny, painfully shy, being led away by people he did not know to a place he'd never seen. I saw the hurt and embarrassment he held inside all those years. It was the same anguish I had seen earlier in Jason's eyes. I imagined Mark standing on a neighbor's front porch, wanting to ask if they'd take him in, wanting to ask but never getting the words out. Shuffling his feet, mumbling something, never getting to the point, and some nice lady saying it was too early in the morning and closing the door. I put my hand on Mark's. It sometimes wasn't necessary to talk after 20 years of marriage. We just knew what the other was thinking. He wouldn't ask me again to take in Jason, wouldn't push me, make me do something I didn't feel I could do. But I knew then that Jason was an opportunity for Mark and for me to redeem the pain that Mark experienced as a boy. It was not just doing unto others. Anything we could do to help Jason would somehow help ease the hurt in Mark's own past. Okay, Lord, I'm willing to find a spot in my home and my heart for another if that's what you want. Please release in me the same love for Jason that Mark already feels. I've been wondering, I said, picking at crumbs on the counter. Do you think the attic room could be a bedroom? He smiled and nodded. I think it would work out fine. Jason lived with us for about three months. He brought many things with him, his computer, his sports posters, his mother's plants, but he also brought his willingness to do dishes and vacuum, his enthusiasm, and even better, his wild sense of humor, entertaining us many nights with his stand-up comedy routines. His mom came home in September, two days before his 13th birthday. I was glad that they could be together again, but his leaving left a void in my heart. Or maybe it's not a void. Maybe it's just a room for another. Parenthood A Trivial Pursuit by Jacqueline Lee Lindstrom. You no doubt have heard of Trivial Pursuit, the popular board game based on answering trivia questions. I've often thought that mothering and parenting is similar to such a game. It seems we spend so much of our time in a maze of trivia, fumbling through the daily minutiae of family living, never quite sure whether we're ahead of the game or not. With that in mind, I have devised my own trivia game for parents. The rules are simple. You'll start with 10 marbles and collect or deduct marbles as you play the game. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. Square One You are awaiting the arrival of your firstborn child. If you look at your rapidly expanding waistline and say, As soon as the baby is born, I will be a size 6 again. Deduct two marbles for wishful thinking. Square two. It is two years later and your second child is soon to be born. To avoid sibling rivalry, you have prepared carefully for the event, spending quality time with your firstborn, giving him his own baby doll to feed, bathe, and cuddle, When the new baby comes home, his older brother is fine. But deduct one marble. It's the dog who's jealous. Square three. Your number one son has just announced at the supper table that he is to be an oak tree in the school play and needs a costume by tomorrow morning. If you stay up until 3 a.m. making an imaginative and innovative costume, deduct three marbles for setting an impossible example for the rest of us. On the other hand, if you stick him into a brown paper bag with a hole for a head and arms and tape green leaves all over front and back, collect five marbles. You've just taken the rest of us off the hook. Square four. The kids, now number three, and are all in school, you have discovered that mother is synonymous with taxi service. On a typical day, you drop the youngest off at her music lesson, then go with the boys to their little league practice then back to pick up daughter and drop accumulated little leaguers off at their assorted homes. It's dinner on the fly because somebody has to be at choir practiced at 7 p.m. It's now bedtime and you discover that you have an extra kid. But you don't panic. It's happened before and soon the phone will ring as another mother discovers she's missing one. Collect five marbles for endurance. Square five. The little darlings that you tucked lovingly into bed for so many years suddenly treat you as though you've lost your brains in kindergarten. They are embarrassed to be seen with you. Guess what? You are the parent of teenagers, those strange creatures who think they are 8 feet tall and bulletproof. If you survive this age with your senses intact, collect 8 marbles for heroism under fire. Until then, always remember that you hold the ultimate weapon, you have the car keys. Square 6. You can tell your oldest child is home from college when you see the pile of dirty laundry in the front hall. If you take the clothes downstairs to sort, wash, and press as in old days, deduct three marbles and shame on you. If instead you take him by the hand and show him the room where the automatic washer and dryer have been housed since he was small, collect five marbles. Some of the most important things in life are not taught in colleges, you know. Square seven. The children, by some miracle, have grown into responsible adults. By chance you overhear your now grown-up son telling the same bedtime stories to his firstborn that you so long ago told to him and the tears fall silently down your cheeks, don't despair. These are the pearls of parenting, and that is what the game is all about. Oh, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Southern Sisters radio program. It is cold outside, right? Yes, Baby, it it's is. cold outside. What are you going to be doing while you're snuggled up at home? How about a little online shopping? That's what <laughs> I think you should do. You know the Southern Sisters website is there for you. Absolutely. Just go to uh, southernsistershome.com. You can go shop in there with promo code SISTERS. You'll get 30% off your entire order. Home linens, you got uh cookbooks, we got it all there. Yeah, everything yeah? you need. And send me an email. We love, 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 love to hear from Absolutely. you. Radio at Southern com. And guess what else is happening this weekend? Uh, oh what yes. Is that? Well, guys, today at five o'clock, you can tune in and hear my amazing producer Nick Bean's <laughs> new radio show called Holding Court. <laughs> oh yes. Somehow I just think you're going to be fantastic at this.
1: I'm telling you, folks, she insisted that she do this for me. Uh I didn't motivate it.
0: Come on, give us the 411, Nick. Folks, listen to this. you got to tune in later today.
1: Moderate political talk.
0: Moderate political talk. Real
1: common sense approach to the politics that have divided us so deeply. These last few uh How what, about that? eight years ish or so. Let
0: me ask you this. You got any special guests on your first show?
1: Just your husband, Ooh. the longest serving Republican in the state house. <gasps> His name is Earl. Earl. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, he is. Well, Nick, I congratulations on the new show. Guys, Thank tune you. in and listen to it at five o'clock today on AM 920. Have a wonderful week. Stay warm and come meet me back here next Saturday.